Hello and welcome back to the Paper Pencil Podcast. I am Swarnavo, the host of this show where we talk about art and the artists behind them, their stories, experiences, learning, inspirations and a whole lot of other things. Now, a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast and if you happen to enjoy this episode, tell your friends about it. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your social media. Now, if you are wondering why I ran through this first few lines today, is because I'm super excited for the guest. Okay, now today I'm not going to introduce the guest. I will just say that she is one of my absolute favorite illustrators in the country. Well, she's not in the country right now, but yeah, you get it. She is one of the major reasons why I fell in love with children's book illustrations, and my Pinterest boards are filled with her artwork. Now, I still can't believe I'm actually talking to the Lavanya Naidu. I'm going to call her Labonno for obvious reasons because I also got to recently know that she too is from Calcutta. Now, I have no idea why, but I never imagined Lavanya or Labonno to be from Calcutta. No particular reason, but now I adore her and her work even more. So you know what? Let me shut up and Lavanya or Labonno, they tell us who you are. Oh my god hi firstly i'm so happy to be here and thank you so much for inviting me i'm so so excited to be here thank you and and you know what before we get into this i should also just just a little bit of context for our audience so the reason why i'm jumping into this labonno di just let me just give you a few sentences around that so now that i know that lavanya is from actually from calcutta i'm sure she'll tell us about that she grew up over there born and raised there of course so in bengali of course lavanya the pronunciation becomes labonno right uh, labonno di right and of course she's and she's elder to me i got to know so i'm going to call give her that respect and call her didi so in this case di so that's where labonno <laughs> di comes in but yeah that's that's the whole idea so were you also called labonno when you were growing up back then yeah yeah absolutely i mean that name to was obviously something else which i'm not going to mention uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but, uh, but yeah absolutely you know i was born and brought up in shahapur basically so everybody over there was pretty much you know labonno they're not going right. to call me by lavanya so right. i'm very used to it and even at home i mean it was purely this dark now you know it was huh. never it was neither labonno nor was it ever lavanya in fact you know just like i think everyone feels like when their full name is taken you know you're in trouble, trouble it's yeah. pretty much the same for me so right. it's like if someone says my whole name i'm like what did i do <laughs> <laughs> okay so you tell uh, so of course you tell me who you are like of course my first question to you will be later on uh, tell us about your journey but before that i want you to introduce yourself cuz you are so many things my god like you are everything that i want to be somewhere down the line in a few more years to be very honest like illustrator you worked with cartoon network right yeah, what the hell who are you <laughs> introduce yourself i can't introduce you you go ahead it's a long story so i was born and brought up and raised in kolkata and uh, it is the most favorite place in the entire world for me and still continues to be uh, i'm currently living in melbourne and i love melbourne as well um so growing up you know i loved that and i think i started drawing pretty young i'd say possibly my my dad has drawings from when i was 3 4 years old mm-hmm. he still got some of my drawings from there um and it's something that you know i think my grandfather and my father they're both really good draftspeople they love to draw as well mm-hmm. but 
circumstance and opportunity and all of that, you know, my granddad was an engineer and he sort of, I think, expected that to continue on the family business. And, you know, mm-hmm. so that became an engineer. But I think he always saw that in me and he was just like, you know, keep drawing, <laughs> just wow. keep drawing. So um, growing up, you know, there was never like, there was a lot of freedom for us to do, for both my brother and me to do pretty much whatever we wanted, you know, whatever made us happy. Mm. Uh, but I think I was possibly quite misguided, you know, my parents never really pushed me in any direction, but I was determined. I was like, I have to heal people. I want to become a doctor. Oh, wow. I, I must become a doctor. So I was determined initially. I was like, you know, I still love dogs. I still love dogs. I'm crazy about dogs. Mm-hmm. Most and all, like, you know, uh, uh, Calcutins, I love feeding all of our, parar, you know, dogs, correct. possibly, yeah, yeah, speaking English so that everyone understands. <laughs> no, no, so but, I, I will uh, fill in, don't worry. If you feel free, like, if you want to talk in Bengali, feel free, because I will fill in. I'll do that job, okay. don't worry. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, so, for everybody, para means a neighborhood. So in Bengali, para, P-A-R-A, is a neighborhood, locality. Yeah, go ahead. So para yeah, yeah. dogs, you would feed. Yeah, yeah. So, so we were, yeah, so, you know, pretty much loving doing all of that wanted to heal animals initially then I was like oh let's broaden this horizon and let's let's want to heal human beings as well so then after a certain point of time you know across that age where you're sort of thinking about what you want to become and you start seriously working towards it that's when I pretty much became very determined to become a doctor okay all this while I'm still a, drawing I have a question I have a question so yeah, doctor yeah. uh because now I know which school you are from so you are from of course La Martiniere yeah. Bellevue was right next door. Was that right next door? Right. So was that an inspiration or influence by any chance that you got such a big hospital right next door? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I I think um, I don't know what it was. I definitely know it started from dogs, though. You know, and especially because our street dogs and our stray dogs are pretty much, you know, they're getting injured. They're there. Mm-hmm. They're not in the best of health, and I used to watch that happen. Almost every day, you know, then there'd be a litter of puppies. One of the pups would get hurt. And then right. my mother and me would both try to nurse that pup back to health. And I think it started from there. Mm-hmm. But slowly, you know, after growing growing up a little bit and looking at all kinds of, you know, suffering, I think mm-hmm. I was like, oh, pretty determined. I definitely want to be a doctor. I'm going to study. I don't think I had the grades for it, to be very honest. <laughs> and I think my true love for biology literally came from the fact that I could draw diagrams. Draw, yes, yes, right? yes, same, same, <laughs> exactly the same. I, I would spend hours just perfecting those drawings. I knew I'm not getting extra marks for that, but yeah. just, like, it's like a passion yeah. project I was into. Absolutely, I can so I can so connect with that because I used to sit and render the heart diagram. You know, I'm like, okay, left ventricle, put the shading under here. It looks a little bit more three dimensional. I remember right. just walking myself through this during the exams because I'm obviously wasting time doing this. So, so yeah, so pretty much on that, and up until this point, no one, you know, my folks didn't really have a conversation with me about anything. Hmm. I was pretty determined, pretty set. And then obviously 12 boards happened and I scored pretty decently, not great. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, okay, cool. I'll sit for the examinations for the medical examinations and let's see how that goes. So did that. I don't know how I really felt about the examination. I came back and my parents had the NID admissions form in front of me. Oh, they they brought it for you. (laughs) Wow. Which is crazy because up until that point, the only reason I'd heard of NID was because of my dad's sister. So she had basically gone to NID back in the day. Okay. Oh, wow. Back in the day. And uh, 
you know, she was known as the artist in the family and that used to tell us all of these wonderful, inspiring stories. And I was like, wow, that's cool. But never had I, had I thought that, and I don't know why that is, but I'd never thought that, okay, I'm going to become an artist when I grow up. You know, mm-hmm. It was not something that I had thought of at all. Mm-hmm. So when the form, like when they presented me with the form, I was just like, what has happened? Do they not have anything to me? <laughs> like, but when it started, I was just like, oh God, okay. And they had to really convince me. They were like, just sit for the admission test. See how you go, you know, no harm, whatever mm-hmm. happens. And they said to me, like, you know, you've been drawing since you were really young. Mm-hmm. What if you could do this for a living? You know, like what mm-hmm. if it would just be like not working a single day in your life because you love it so much. It's something wow. that comes naturally. And I was just like, this is, I just couldn't relate to anything that they were saying. It's like one personal offense against another. So after a lot of like thinking about it and everything, I was like, okay, I'll go. He cuts it, you know, mm-hmm. I'll go, I'll give it. After that, whatever has to happen will happen. We'll see. And I had a few friends who were also going to get that first admission test. So went, I didn't prepare for this. I had no idea what an NIB exam entails, nothing. Okay, completely unprepared. And obviously, I think somewhere down the line, I never thought that I was going to go in the, that, that direction, you know. So I mm-hmm. wasn't taking it as seriously. And I hate to say that because I know how hard it is to actually yeah. get it. But um, they, they prepped for it, went, had a blast. Oh my God, I had such a good time. <laughs> 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 in the admissions test. And I came back and I was just like, now I feel invested in this. Now I feel like I need right. to, like, I really want to, I hope that I get through. And obviously there's a couple of rounds, right? So once you finish that, then you have the interview. So you have mm-hmm. to go down to the campus and you'll have a panel of, you know, uh, members, faculty members who want to talk to you and have a discussion mm-hmm. with you about things. And then you have, the, I think the final list, I think this is how it was back then. Mm-hmm. Like you'll have the final list as to who's been selected right. through that right. selection process. And then eventually I realized that I had been selected and I was just like, oh my God, this is like wow. a massive shift, you know, for, for me, because even though I was drawing, you know, I was, I was always known as that artist friend who, you know, would draw things and I was submitting drawings to the school magazine and, you know, that right. sort of thing. So I was always known as that kid, but I'd never thought of it seriously as a profession. So much so that I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I actually got in. Mm-hmm. So NID has the first year as the foundation year, right? right? So you can sort of go through a multitude of different courses and then make a determination as to what you want to streamline into. Right. So to me, I was like, okay, cool. You know, I have a science background. So I thought I'm moderately technical, maybe product design would be for me. And uh, like took all of the different courses and everything. And I became into visual storytelling. And that's it. Like I had that course and I, again, once again, I think there was just this like eureka moment. And I was like, yes, this is for me. <laughs> I wow. really love this. I really enjoy this. And uh, 
then I decided to basically specialize in animation film design. So that's what mm -hmm. I graduated in. And the next three years basically spent just watching heaps of cinema and wow. making lots of animation and really enjoying, you know, the entire process and having like the best batchmates as well. Right. And, and uh, Kaveri was one of them, right? Like Kaveri. Yes. Audience would remember, listeners would remember so the previous God. episode itself was Kaveri. And when at, at the end of the episode, uh, after the recording was over, when I told her that, you know what, the next episode will be with Lavanya, she's also from NID. And she was like, oh, wait, Lavanya, she's from my class, we are classmates. <laughs> yeah, I love Kav's work. Oh my God. So, yeah, so that was pretty much the, the journey to that point. I think it's mm. after NID, though, you know. Because you learn so much and then all of a sudden you're thrown into the real world and, you know, mm. you're expected to find a job and expected to sort of apply everything that you've learned. And oftentimes I think, you know, there's a bit of a disconnection there. Mm. We, our jobs don't necessarily test a lot of the things that, that you we learned. probably learned. Yeah. And then you're sort of like, okay, what is the, it's a big eye opener, I think, at that point of time. It was for me, at least, you mm -hmm. know, and I was like, oh, okay, what do I, how do I find, I want a lot of the animation jobs mm -hmm. at that point of time as well. Uh, my final film um, that I had done got selected for uh, this Japanese film festival, TBS wow. And so I had an opportunity to go to Japan. And this is like literally the first time I was going to travel abroad, okay and supremely excited i was just like oh my god this is gonna be the best thing ever and obviously japan is such a beautiful beautiful country um so got there and another wonderful shock and eye-opener for me because obviously you're exposed to so many talent correct correct and um i was like okay just soak all of this in and in so many ways you feel extremely intimidated by that circumstance but there's also that part in you that's just sort of like I want to know everything you know like I want to know how everyone is doing all of this stuff and um, just looking at all of the shortlisted films and you know it was a huge um, I didn't win or anything you should have mm. seen some of the films in that category it's just insane <laughs> so it's nowhere close to um, just happy to be nominated in the first case right but, that opened up my eyes, you know, because I was like, okay, you know, there's so much happening everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just within your own country or, you know, your own neighborhoods or, you know, there's just so much that's happening. I was like, okay, I'm on this adventure. I have to learn things. And um, so what I did was I started, um, so pretty much in my third years when I started freelancing and doing kids' books illustrations and at that point of time it was very very you know through a friend who connected me uh with the publisher I'd, I'd gotten really simple illustrations black and white workbook stuff you know mm -hmm. that's how I started and, and this was, was in college third year of college yeah yeah okay. yeah my parents basically cut me off and they said you figure it out and like, you know find ways to to get into you know getting a pay and sustaining right. yourself and being independent and um it was terrifying at that point of time but I was like okay you know, may I may yeah. I use this opportunity to say that your parents are so opposite Bengali parents in a way <laughs> because Bengali parents would never be like that they'd be like oh no you've gotten a job but still take money from me let me let me monitor <laughs> you as much as possible and I'm sure your friends were also going through the same experiences right to yeah, a point yeah. where your parents were like okay now you're on your own push you out of the yeah. net that's so cool actually <laughs> that is actually so cool 
it could be especially too far go I'll tell you about what happened next. <laughs> so um so this happened and then I was like okay I'll start with kids books and then I realized I really enjoyed the first introduction to art generally is a children's book mm-hmm. right it's either you reading something or your parents reading something okay. to you and that definitely had an impact on me growing up because dad used to travel a lot so mm-hmm. he used to come back you know either to the states and sometimes to southeast asia sometimes to europe and very short business trips but he used to always make it a point to get back books wow. and um, sat some really beautifully illustrated books and then like my parents would always keep like a very big different you know there's a lot of variation in the styles there were indian books there were you know books Correct. that were published abroad so i was exposed to a lot of that and i used to always you know that you know sit mine was just always comparing it's like oh these illustrations and those illustrations and i even in our textbooks and that sort of thing you know mm-hmm. you didn't have things that really gripped you when you were reading it as a kid correct correct and i saw this tell my mom when i was young that if the pictures were nice i would i would have done so much better and she would just tell me to not you know not, not be naughty or whatever and like say that no no you have to read that's more important than the uh you you wanting a certain quality of the images mm-hmm. but i think somewhere down the line that stayed with me so when i started working with the workbooks i was like what would i want to see nice you know in nice. the workbook nice. and just stemming from that you know of of having experienced it from the other side of someone who's mm-hmm. going to read the workbook i said like, what would i want and then i realized oh my god i love this you know to to have an opportunity to be able to not not uh the lack of a better word not to fix it or anything but to actually be uh involved in that process to mm-hmm. you know bring like to one be involved with children's book illustrations in the first place but also in some ways to be involved in trying to see if we can go in a different direction trying to see you know if things can be the Good way day. that we look at western illustration at that point of Good time so can we get to that point you know can we why are we not having that locally that's actually um, a great point also because uh, since you also were growing up in bengal and i'm sure like you would go to a lot of these so uh, <coughs> i i know for a fact in your school is when mm-hmm. you used to have these uh, uh, book fests right so book fairs yeah, yeah, like the book festival kind correct, correct exactly and do you remember like this is something which i distinctly remember that the illustrations that i would see in the indian children's book back then 19 uh, late 1990s 19s. and of course uh, 2000s as well they were so drastically different from like you said the other books that we were getting like the the illustration quality was so different and if you remember school books like you said the ev books do you remember ev books right yes. so the yeah, illustrations yeah. were never great yeah they were never up to the, they were so silly to a point i i so know what you're talking about yeah <laughs> i i completely i can yeah i completely relate to that because i think that was the same question in my head i was like why is it that we're not being able to we're not to see there are, you know several economic reasons which uh-huh. we all know now no, but that yeah. didn't make any sense to me you know i was like man mm-hmm. we should absolutely have um yeah. so that's how that started and i was like okay i really love this area but then obviously animation was also happening so then i thought okay what do i do next and around then you know so in our final year third year fourth year we got exposed to a lot of french animation oh, so wow. we saw sylvain chomais you know old lady in the pigeons we saw triplets of belleville um i think it was fourth year or maybe i can't remember when but we saw the rabbi's cat and mm. i was just 
blown over by it. I just couldn't believe just the quality and there's something just so beautiful and delicate about French animation. Right. But the storylines are just wonderfully great. You know, mm-hmm. it's not one of those black and white. Everything is perfect. Everything is like mm-hmm. this perfect arc of like you know, this is the character's journey and it gets to that point. It was just whimsical and wonderful, and I was like, oh wow, you know, you can tell stories like this also. Also, you know? it's like yeah, and to that quality of animation as well. And then we we used to see a lot of the Annecy promotional, you know, the videos. I don't know if you've. Really. Them, but no, no, absolutely stunning. So every year, you know, before a wild festival is Annecy Festival is taking place. They have a lot of these beautiful little short animations promoting the festival, mm-hmm. and just spectacular, absolutely spectacular animation, colors, design, everything. And I said, oh my God, this is what I want to do. And you know, who are these guys who are doing this? And then obviously looked up uh, goblins, you know, uh-huh. um, the school. And uh, at that point of time, they were having a summer school program, which was going to be two weeks in Paris. And uh, you had to, you know, it was a pretty steep budget. I can't remember the exact amount now, but it was a pretty steep budget for me then because I was like, right. <laughs> right. So, but I was pretty determined. Um, like I'm, I'm pretty, I would say, like I love, I'm, I love being social, but I'm a very shy person, you know, when it comes oh. to certain things. I'm like, yeah, it's a weird mix and I don't know how to explain it. Like, I won't, I'm sitting here and waiting for things to happen. You know, I'm not like, oh. I'm terrified of like being the person who'd be like, oh, I'm going to step out and apply for this. And I, I really had to master a lot of courage. And I spoke to my mm-hmm. parents about it, spoke to friends and they're like, oh, absolutely, you should apply and you know, put together a show reel. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was taking up all of these random, you know, jobs, little odd jobs of illustrations mm-hmm. and stuff so I could save up enough money mm-hmm. and uh, then apply as well. And I applied and I got in. Oh my God. I was just like, oh, sigh of relief. I was like, okay, cool. This is one big step, done something for the first time, you know, pushed myself to do something and it worked out. Right. So then I was like, okay, cool. This is going to be intense because it's two weeks and they're going to cover a heap of stuff during that time. And I got in touch with a friend of mine who was in Paris and she's French. So she's also an animator. And I was like, mm-hmm. can I please, you know, stay with you during that time? And, yeah. uh, you know, students helping students at that point. Right. Like, yes, yes, absolutely. Right. And she's right. Um, shout out to Sandra if, she's, if she ever listens to this. Um, but uh, so yeah, so packed my bags and went. I decided to go stay in France for a few months mm-hmm. with my friend and then attend the course and all of that. Mm-hmm. Then this is like another big eye opener for me because you have all of these really spectacularly talented people who are under the same roof. And at that point, there were a lot of people who were already very established in mm-hmm. the industry. And they were attending the summer school course in character animation purely to brush up their skills okay. and you know, do like workshops and that sort of thing. So for someone like me, I was like even more intimidated because I was like, oh God, I haven't even started. And um, there's all of these people here. And we had uh, Yoshi, Yoshimichi. I don't know if you know Yoshimichi Tamura. He's like a really big Disney animator and has like his work on Atlantis and Moses. And he was conducting the course and I was just like, and there was a point where he was sharing some of the cells, you know, from Atlantis and showing uh-huh, us uh-huh. I have to absolutely do this in my life. You know, I think that's the point where it hit me. Like I knew that I wasn't good enough. And I knew that 
um i had a long way to go but i absolutely was ready to you know take mm-hmm. my knees into the and yes, start the process nice yeah. nice um and at the same time i was getting a few freelance opportunities i actually interned with turner in my third year uh and i was working with pogo at that point mm. of time and uh, it was fun like i learned a lot about the workings of things at that point of time but it's during this time that i had gone to france that i had an opportunity to work on a little spot for cartoon network in the states wow and uh, so i was like great you know because for me i was like oh this is a wonderful opportunity plus i'll be able to pay all of my bills and like just think of the economics behind it it's like perfect perfect timing so worked on that that was a fantastic experience and i was getting to apply a lot of the things that i was actually learning in the workshop at that point mm-hmm. in time as well so that was grand that was amazing and i think once i came back from that i was like okay you know i've sort of got this idea of where i want to go with my style and how much i need to practice to get to that point mm-hmm. and i still don't think i'm anywhere close to where i want to be and any of that but your standards so are high your standards are high like prochur 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 high like my god i i can't tell you i feel like i have i genuinely do have so much to learn i i think about like yeah i can just sit and think about all the things that i have to learn and you know there's a lot but that's what makes it fun right at the end of the day i mean there's that's the so journey it's not about getting you. Lavonudi, seriously, there is so much to learn from you. There is so much. Like, no wonder I I really idolize you. I'm gonna put it out there for everybody to know. I really idolize you. And now that I I'm getting to know your story, I can even relate to you so much more. So yeah, please please continue. So yeah, Cartoon Network. Um, what were you doing in Cartoon Network? So what was the it project? Was sort of, uh, it was sort of it was a summer promotional. So I think it was a series of um, spots that they were doing for their summer promotion. So a bunch of cartoons and like the uh, I can't remember. exactly what was happening but they had the letters they had the logo basically being animated and there were things that were happening around it so you telling me you got to animate the logo of cartoon network so it's it's many many there were many animators by the way i wasn't the only one but everyone was doing a spot of you know but, but you got to touch that logo that one logo that at least you and i am pretty sure you as well as a kid have been just just looking at that one black and white logo you got to work on that animate even a, an inch of that it was yeah i mean not the logo per se the logo was part of it but around the logo yes logo wow. was and i know that was a pretty surreal moment for me yeah i don't play it down this is such a cool moment yeah and which year was this <laughs> which year was this uh, i think this must have been 2012 2012 Yeah. Huh, so I think that would be also the time when Cartoon Network was suddenly coming up back again, right? Because yeah. uskay, if you remember the classic Cartoon Network cartoons ended, yeah. there was a dip after that, right? So I yeah. think Samurai Jack was that last moment, and after that, I think Samurai yeah. Jack, right? I started watching it again. The colors, the design, like wo- those people were in a different dimension back all all those years back. It's one of the oh, most beautiful uh, pieces of art I have ever seen. in Absolutely. animation even till date at least till the little bit of animation that i have seen so far so clean so crisp so ah oh my god it's so beautiful and i often think you know when when the style is relatively simplistic you have to be so strong with your shapes so mm-hmm. strong with your silhouettes that you right. it's so much harder because you have nothing to hide behind you know 
So when you are successfully being able to pull something like that off, I'm like, whoa. That's crazy. <laughs> like, do, you, do you remember that episode? Uh, uh, I know we're taking a slight detour, but uh, Samurai Jack, there was this one, and I was watching a YouTube video about that thing that day, and that kind of brought... Uh, so there was this one episode where Samurai Jack, he is Jackie is going into this one castle or something, and there are these three blind... Uh, 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 these... Uh, uh, archers okay so the three archers the enemies and they're blind and uh, they of course can't see okay and what happens is they only can hear and using that sense so whenever jack takes a step let's say and let's say there's a little bit of sound also they shoot an arrow and they're very precise with it and, and jack has a very difficult moment so he can't even move around that way so then what he does is he decides to empathize in a way like get into their shoes in a way and he decides to close his eyes so that now he only sense organs he has are the ears okay and the, the video on youtube which was kind of a, a, a let's say a, a more of an analysis of that uh, particular episode they mentioned that the artists and animators were really through that episode trying to get us the audience along with jack in that See. journey so now what happens is the screen is absolutely black because Jack has closed his eyes. Okay, absolute pitch black, nothing happening. And whenever there is a sound, imagine there is a leaf falling, okay, a leaf like uh, falling off from uh, a dry leaf falling off from the tree. And the entire screen is black. And the only thing you can see in a black screen is that leaf slowly falling down, okay, in that pattern. And you can hear that sound. So the user in this case a user is a very design centered word but yeah, like, the, yeah, viewer. Yeah. the viewer yeah, yeah. so the yeah. viewer yeah. is now along with jack and only experiencing the environment as the protagonist jack is can you imagine the thought that's process so, behind that oh my god that's just a talk of genius that's yeah that's yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. But yeah so you're working in, and uh, along with yeah. such great people in cartoon network god <laughs> Um, but that was that was wonderful. That was a uh, really great experience overall. Then I came back, and then again, you know, reality strikes. You know, like oh my god, now I have to find a job. You know, I've I've spent <laughs> these two and a half months just you know figuring stuff out and traveling. And you know, I would recommend it to anyone. You know, right. if you have the opportunity to travel, you know, even if it's right. outside of your city, even if it's outside of the place that you usually are in, your it doesn't have to be your yeah, exactly. Like exactly that, you know, that grab that opportunity when you can, because it just opens up a whole new mm. world of things mm. and sense, uh, senses that you might not have experienced before. Absolutely. So this happened and then I was like, okay, what to do, what to do. And uh, I was working on a lot of little short animation things at that point of time to build my reel. And I think at that point of time, also balancing uh, books. So the one thing about me is that I'm an extremely restless person. <laughs> Which I'm sure you already gathered by now. <laughs> <laughs> but so for the, for the listeners, I'm sure the listeners, of course, you can't see, but uh, please understand that this lady is a very animated person. Okay, her hands. <laughs> face and expression have been like moving all across the screen while we are having this conversation which I am enjoying a lot because I do the same so I'm like okay oh, somebody is reciprocating yeah that's a needed comfort zone for me to know that another huh. person on the other side exactly exactly right yeah um so for me I'm like super restless so I have to be doing something constantly like when I was a kid also you know my mom used to say so she just can't sit bouncing off the walls, you know, and until date, I'm very much so I think I have probably gotten a lot calmer in the last couple of years just being at home. 
<laughs> pretty much you know with the lockdown <laughs> but um, in general like extremely restless so at that point of time i was like oh i want to do this also i want to do that also i want to do books i want to do animation and also just survival kicks in right because you're like okay i need to i can't just do this one thing because there aren't a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. uh being provided in that particular area so until that comes my way i have to do something else and kids books was i was in love with it so i was just like yes absolutely going to try and pursue more of that um and then there was this company uh, called utata which is like a it was a small german startup and they had this you know at that point of time apps were just starting to make that big boom mm-hmm. in the market and kids apps and kids educative apps was also becoming a really big thing e learning was becoming a really big right. thing so it's like oh this is awesome you know animators are going to have a ton more opportunities right. more jobs it's like, fantastic and um, they were saying all the right things so like creative freedom you know um, you can work remotely for some time i see the story like, taking know. a wrong turn <laughs> and since there is a wrong turn coming up no okay. no no there's no there's no wrong turns in it but it was it was all very ideal for me at that point of time mm-hmm. you know and i was like okay cool absolutely i should start so i started off remotely and i was working with them and they had some really wonderful um ideas and concepts you know their their basic format was to be able to it's sort of like a movie you're watching an animated movie but you can interact so it's sort of like breaking the fourth wall so you can interact mm-hmm. with the characters and kind of determine what their actions are going to be so you play the mm-hmm. protagonist and then you know play into next scenes then there'll be clips etc so mm-hmm. it was very interesting for me as well because you get to work with developers and something that I was completely unaware of was asset creation you know designing mm, for assets right right and uh, it's not as it's not as organic as some of the processes are when it comes to productions you know like mm-hmm. when you're conceptualizing something you have free reign you know you're mm-hmm. you're able to just be really organic with it but when when you're designing for apps and especially when you're creating fine designs for apps it's very technical things have to fit into the right oh, spots in correct. order for it to be programmed in correct. so that was a huge learning experience but i met met some of the people some of the most wonderful artists during that time so they invited me to come to germany and spend some time there in their studio and connect with the other artists and you know who's going to say no to that i was like yes of absolutely <laughs> let's do this so um i traveled and i was there for about 3 months and uh, i met some of my closest friends today i met them there and just brilliant brilliant minds so talented and it was just really such a um it's it's like a crash course in everything that you nice. want to know at that point of time right so i said okay cool so i was working as a lead animator but i was also ideating and like creating new apps and all of that so i worked with them for 3 years mm-hmm. and all along that i was also illustrating for kids books because i could not let go of that and i don't that, think that remained a constant no and you're so good That's at it. it like thank god you never left it you're so good at that <laughs> no but i'm glad i stuck with it because it's definitely and it's something that i will always have you know i just mm. i really love it's sort of like a slight it's a bit of an escape for me mm-hmm. in some senses you know just really indulging in the story getting to know a new character you know wanting to build a world around them mm-hmm. fun about that yes <laughs> yes 
So um, all of this was happening, and then about three years in. Um, so my husband was in Singapore at that point of time, and he was like <laughs> saving my money, whatever I was saving, I was blowing it in plane tickets to go and see him, pretty much. So at at that point, we were like, okay, we need to assess our savings and figure right. out a plan because this is this is going to be really expensive for us. So that's when I decided that okay, cool, I'm going to try and move to Singapore hmm. and see how that goes. So. Moved to Singapore. Love that place. Love the of food. course, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Um, but I was freelancing during that time, so I quit quit the job at uh, uh, Otago. The German, yeah. I decided, yeah. yeah, I decided that okay, I, I I feel like I'm in a different phase, and I want to pursue other things. So I got back into you know doing more stuff for my reels and you know figuring some of that stuff out. But I wasn't finding the line of work that was really inspiring me at that point in time. So at that point, and Uh, my partner had already been there for ten years, so wow. <laughs> so he was like, okay, you know, maybe the time has come for us to try something else, and you know, if we can move, maybe we should mm-hmm. try and move. Um, so then we were deciding where to go, what to do, and there were several things happening in the world at that point of time. So we decided to then move to Australia, and um, so on moving to Australia, obviously I came in. So I we had a big discussion about it. And we decided, okay. Let's move to Melbourne. It's where there's a beautiful art scene, and I looked up a lot of mm-hmm. studios, and it looked really wonderful and inspiring. I was like, oh my god, this is going to be awesome! And before I know it, my husband has already taken, applied for his transfer, gotten through. All of that has worked out, and I don't have a job. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I'm really nervous at this point of time because a yeah. lot of that convincing was on my part as well. Like, let's move to Melbourne. And uh, then I said, "Okay, don't have a job. What do I do?" And then, like, try to put a reel together, send it to possibly just four or five, four studios. I think, if I can remember, mm-hmm. um, because there were four studios that I really, really wanted to work with. And I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna see how I go with that. You know, mm-hmm. if I get responses there. If I don't, then I'll figure what happens after mm-hmm. that." So we moved, and uh, it was really cold at that point of time. It was the end of winter, and. <laughs> Singapore brain was just yeah exactly <laughs> winter in Singapore can't even imagine right and then you go to Melbourne God I know and I was like oh God I can't I'm not used to this and I was always the puffiest dressed I should say on any public <laughs> transport at that plus you grew up in Calcutta plus you grew up exactly. in Calcutta let's not exactly. forget that yeah so I was like okay uh this is the weather and I don't have a job yet so then started going to these studios. And uh, gave a bunch of interviews, and so I walked into Twelve Field, and uh, I met the director Scott, and he showed me the stuff that they were going to be working on, and I was like, "And this is Strange Shore season one, the Ooh. TV show." And I was mm-hmm. just, "Yes, please, I want to work on this. Can I please?" And um, so they got back to me, and they said, "Yes, absolutely, let's start." And uh, so started off, and at the time, I really wanted to work on animation, but the production. Hadn't begun yet, so we were still in pre-production stage, and uh, building fun facts and you know designing characters, rough ideas of what each episode is going to look like, etc. Mm. And uh, so I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'll do that. You know, I'll learn. I'll figure it out. Okay. And um, and my director was just extremely kind enough to give me the chance and the opportunity and say that, okay, cool. You know, let's let's begin with this. And it was a huge. It was a massive learning curve right. for me. Because this was my first television production, I hadn't really worked on any mm-hmm. television productions before, and it was interesting 
for me to see the pipeline and learn, you know, how to design for that format mm -hmm. as well. So I started off as a pre-production artist and about, and then design began. And uh, then I moved on to become a design supervisor. So there were two other supervisors with me, fantastic people. Um, and I was working with them. So just day-to-day, -day, you know, design things, design fixes on backgrounds, making sure that the backgrounds were designed for animation, you know, just simple things like making sure there's a breakup in within each scene so that mm -hmm. characters can walk forward behind, etc. any overlays and all of that. Mm -hmm. So enjoyed that thoroughly and uh, got to design some really wonderful spaces. And after that, um, after design got done, I took a short break and I came back to anime. So that was a massive, massive learning curve for me. I know there's lots of learning curves in this, but this is really <laughs> <big> because <laughs> this was not traditional animation. This is right. rigged animation, like using- Oh yeah, right, right, right. And uh, it's still 2D characters, but they have been rigged and you sort of, and Toon Boom as a software, it's fantastic. I, mm -hmm. I think it is an amazing software and it's capable, its potential is insane. So. Mm. But the learning curve for me was really sharp. I didn't have a lot of, like I had worked with the software before, but ideally mm -hmm. just as like a traditional animation software. Okay. So then moving into rigs, which is a completely different ball game. I was pretty intimidated. Doesn't it also make life so much easier rigging? Doesn't it make life for an animator? Again, I'm not an animator, but I can imagine. Like, won't it make life a lot easier? Because you won't have to do, at least let's say if I compare it to a traditional frame by frame versus a rig, rig is like a dream. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I think so, but I think I like making things very hard for myself. So I was like, <laughs> so I was like, oh, but for me, because I guess it's because I was just traditionally animating all, all of the while before that, mm -hmm. this was extremely intimidating to me, you know, and mm -hmm. I think you, you feel that when you're starting something new, when oh, it's a new software, you're like, oh my God, where does, how do you start? And, you know, animation had already begun. I sort of started somewhere in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. So everyone else was already ramped up and knew exactly how to use everything and all of that, right? And then I come in and I'm like, I've broken everything in the scene, you know, <laughs> I don't know how to figure this out. Um, but obviously we have a wonderful team and got a lot of support and, you know, the help with that to try and understand how that stuff worked. And before you know it, um, I picked up how to do rigged animation, which was such a monumental, <laughs> monumental milestone for me. But I ended up really enjoying it. So I did... Mm. I worked on a couple of episodes there and worked on some of their digital content and overall just really absolutely enjoyed. I was I was lucky enough to be a part of a lot of the processes and departments of production and get to see how the pipeline works, you know, from mm -hmm. the start to the finish, uh, which was a huge, like a huge, huge experience, you know, to, to embrace and be like, oh my God, this is fantastic I definitely want to do more of this right. um, so soon after this happened then uh, um, my director had gotten this opportunity to work on a game it's actually on Apple Arcade it's called No Way Home mm -hmm. check it out it's pretty cool mm -hmm. um, so no, no Way Home is that no Way Home No Way Home okay yeah um, and we were working with a studio in Sydney called SMG fantastic 
guys as well like fantastic crew and that was a lot of fun a lot a lot different than production because things were a lot more easy going and uh very conceptual so as helping build alien worlds and you know what their battleships would look like what their weaponry is going to look like and what the alien race is going to look like so there was a lot of uh development that we did and then working very closely with the artists to be able to create assets so True. a lot of my experience on apps and how to coming into this yeah which was really nice and very refreshing to come back to that that area and really enjoyed that and post this i took a short break um to travel back and see like ma balwa dada all of them and then came back as again freelancing constantly all through this just freelancing with kids books as well so that has never really you know been something that i then go off um and then came back and had this friend recommend me on this um on where is anne frank which is the uh, the feature the 2d feature that just released it uh <laughs> so that was wonderful because i think having traditional animation jobs in the industry is it's hard to find you know like you don't always get opportunities to animate to be frame by frame and right and that to that to this character like that to exactly. this character correct yeah and um, the we learned a lot i think it was an extremely it was it was a really grueling process mm. but it really really pushed us to be i think by the end of it i would say that i felt like i learned a lot and i grew a lot from it um you know it was down to the details were so and it's all in the details you know the details mm-hmm. it was so minute like you even have to make sure that you get the shine in the eye in the right place right know? and there's no wonder so, it got 7.1 out of 10 on imdb i'm just checking where is anne frank <laughs> yeah you, you write it uh, 9th july 2021 it released in france i'm not sure if it's available in india though yeah i don't think that i'm not sure of the worldwide release mm-hmm. just as yet wow, but that's a fantastic project Yeah and I worked with Sugiyo Moshi on that also excellent crew so I had a really good time working on that and I think it was one of those rare opportunities where you know you're you're doing exactly what you you got trained in doing in some sense right. you know and you're getting to practice a lot of that and really learn from some of the best you know in the industry to get better at it so that was an amazing experience after that we had you right the shine in the eye especially that i know what you're talking about now cuz i can definitely see that so detailed even the eye yeah it's a very specific and a very detailed design and staying on model right. in traditional animation is basically everything like you have right. to stay on model um so for us but it was it was wonderful because our our photos were not that big for the week like it was 3 to 5 seconds mm-hmm. uh, but the kind of animation was broken down so for instance we had three stages of roughs you know mm-hmm. um and then someone gets to uh, uh, in between that and then someone gets to color that so it was very broken down mm-hmm. and so you want really you just have to focus on one thing at a time mm-hmm. uh which is fantastic because then you can focus on acting and timing and right. all of those wonderful things right and improve on that but learned so much from it you know started off with simpler scenes then went on to some really complicated scenes i don't think i can really talk about that right. but if you see the film i think 
I I would love to. I, I of course love her story. Yes, I've read it in so many different formats. Now to watch a yeah. an animated uh, film about it would be like great. I would definitely. We all have right. I felt a special connection with it because of the amount of documentaries I've seen on Anne Frank and mm-hmm, obviously mm-hmm. having read the Diary of a Young Girl and all of that. Like it was just. Yeah, I'd love to visit the house one day. I'd love to visit the house. That's like a that's like a dream for me. One day I'll definitely mm. go visit the house. Yeah, one of my closest friends has visited and she's just like, yeah, I have to do it. One day, you know, when things open up again and we're all... You know, there are two houses I want to visit. One is Anne Frank, of course. Now, that is a real house. The other one is more of a fictional. Uh, in London, Sherlock Holmes Museum, the house, oh. the 221B, right? Oh, so they have a museum wow. over there. And uh, apparently, it's exactly like set up the way it was set up, uh, supposed to be in the book. So yeah, I'd wow. love to. Uh, that that's one one uh, thing on my bucket list which has to happen. Oh my god, I hope that that happens. So there are very good things on your list. I must say, definitely <laughs> Anne Frank's house is on my list as well. I absolutely have to have to visit it. Sometime. It'll be such a moving experience now. Like now that you know the story as well, like visiting yeah. the house would be just yeah. in those rooms and uh, so it would severe. be. Yeah, and so of course sick. I've watched a few videos as well, like you said, the documentaries where that house has been uh, shot like a couple of times in video and you can see the staircase and people walking in. I think there's yeah. this one very popular scene where uh, this couple is like newly married couple is walking into the house, taking up the mm-hmm. stairs and you can see Anne on the top, like she's looking at them from the top. There is a real video and, and it just, just stays in your head, man, these things for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely it comes from you know all of us are human and you really feel for stories like this mm-hmm. at the end of the day and I think especially when it's from a child's point of view you know where you you we are so protective of children in the society right. the world that we live in and to know that you know it's so much more painful when you know right. that a child is trying to articulate all of those different Correct. you know feelings at, at such a young age so. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was such a special experience. And if there's a chance that maybe we can take this trip together. <laughs> hey, and go please. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Yes. Always looking for travel companions. So we should definitely yes. make plans. Please. So yeah. for the listeners also, I have already promised Labonari, whenever she comes back to Calcutta, I will make sure that I get tickets from Bangalore to Calcutta. I'll go visit the city and I'll take her to so many places to eat because that's what we, you do in Calcutta. You go there, you eat and you sleep. That's all that you do. You know, uh, you know. I would oh like God. to take a detour over here. Uh, favorite places in Calcutta. Chal, quickly. Oh, favorite places in Calcutta. It can um, be eateries, can be anything. can be like a spot where you just love to go and sit. Maybe excite more and you would have momos over there mm-hmm. while returning from school. Wow. I don't know. Okay. Or um, Street, which was right next to your school also. So many good places to eat in Kerala. Yeah, oh my god. Kukija near school for sure. Of course. Yes, I have yeah. been to that very same Kukija yeah, this February when I was good. there. And there's a Sona Shikanji Wala who sits right next to uh, Kukija as well. Fantastic. Ah, this time Sona this guy was not there because lockdown and everything. So only Kukija oh, was yeah. there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that for sure. Then uh, SPI New Alipur Fuchka Wala. Mm-hmm. Really good. Oh my mm-hmm. god. And uh, then, obviously, Maidan, that has Maidan, to be Oxford Bookstore, love Oxford Oh, yes, yes, the uh, vibe. Yeah, absolutely. So, all of Park Street, I think, anyway, right. Park Street. Um, then, have you been uh, to Olipub by any chance? 
Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, that, that was the, yeah. So every every I I know why you are laughing as well. At the name of Olipop, because that's what everybody does. Like you go to Olipop, you do something. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It, it, it's it's a thing. It's a thing. Absolutely, it's a thing. Okay. And uh, what else? What are the places? Ah, uh, uh, Tangra. Of course, Tangra. Tangra. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, has to be. That's that's a huge haunt. Um. characters I every time I go to the uh, go back to Calcutta, I go to my Bara Bazaar. I just look at people take photos like a like a creep maybe, but I just take photos because I want to use that later as an inspiration while doing my characters. And there are so many different kinds, right? There's, and, and especially your Jhumpa Mashi, right? I remember the Jhumpa. Oh my mashi. god! <laughs> I used to have a pompa machine. So, you know, pompa like, machine. These are such <laughs> classic Calcutta people. Like such classic. You don't get them. You don't get a jhumpa machine and a pompa machine outside outside Bengal. And for people who are wondering what jhumpa and pompa are, I think. <laughs> so you 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 go ahead. Who who are these jhumpa and pompas? You say, you say. So jumpas and pompas would be these very famous dark names or pet names back in Calcutta and Bengal generally, and not now. Like they, maybe you can say the previous generation, current generation. Yeah, I don't maybe the less. Little less yeah. jumpas and pompas, right? But yeah, the, yeah, these these cutesy names would be there. So you would have this one aunt who's jumpa mashi, and in fact, Labono yeah. has done this one uh, character. I remember on her Instagram, jumpa mashi, which so looks like a real jumpa mashi. Like I don't have a jumpa mashi, but if I had, I know she would look like that. It was so you recognize her at any point of time. Any point, yeah, right. Like you, you're in a bus and she's right in front in the seat next to you, sweating profusely and sitting there, probably <laughs> fighting with, probably fighting with somebody. For all you know, or with the bus conductor oh. saying, "Hey, brother, Nami Devin," and then the conductor oh would also say, "Kole Vacha." You remember that? That's a classic. Oh no, my God, classic! Oh my my mother has used that like a hundred times because you know Kole when I was little, she used to have just just like. <laughs> oh God! Ask the ladies. The, the, the passion, you know, the passion with which arguments used to take place at the bus was just like something you don't, you don't, you don't have experiences like that. Every I, day, know, you know? I know, I know, I know. Oh shit! Just... I'm feeling so nostalgic right now, dude. Oh. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next month I'm going back home. Can't wait for it. Uh, you, you should come back sometime, man. Like, हो गया बहुत हो गया मेलबर्न यार अभी वापस आओ. और एक फिरे शो बल्कि होच्छे डकी. My mother's also saying the same thing. ट्रेवल सेफली बट 
Wait, when I come back, I'll come back to like a month and a half. Or something. You should, so, yeah. You deserve it now. Time. Correct, yeah. you deserve it now. It's a research. It's a research, yeah. And and okay, you know what? That, that's that's actually a good. Uh, so no, so uh, you know, uh, this is a good point. Uh, maybe for me to take the conversation this way. So I've been seeing a lot of Calcutta-related environments. I'm going to use a very technical word and say environments or basic, simple illustrations and parat mm-hmm. chobi that you have been drawing and putting up on Instagram. Is it a project that you're doing? That's some. So the ones that you saw, which has Jumpamashi and has Mugi and all of those other things, is actually for a short film. Oh. oh. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm just. But, um, I, I, but yeah, I was working. Chup chup. I'm just adoring you. That's it. That's why. So I started working on a short film about just before the second season of Chores. Mm. Um, I started working on a short film. There's a friend of mine who's you know trying to get all of us artist friends together and the collective and wow. all of us doing shorts. And they've all done it, and I have not finished it. So they're all legends for finishing their stuff. But obviously, I got caught up in production, so it, it was impossible mm. to balance. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to work on something. And a film, I think, because you need to have that headspace to be in it, at mm. least for me. So that took a bit of a backseat, but now it's going to come back in very slowly. And I hope that you know I'll be able to give it more time, right. um, and be able to develop it more. And I have so much footage and so many pictures from Kolkata at this point of time that I am just using left, right, and center, like just. You know, from all the little relevant shops that were in my para to like, you know, colors of houses that we've been surrounded by growing up. Colors, that's a good point. Would you agree that Calcutta has such a very unique color palette? Like, there's a color palette which just speaks Calcutta. You put it anywhere, you know, this is Calcutta, and you use that so beautifully in that uh, that that uh, aerial sort of a shot that you have, right? So there's this illustration of all the houses with Howrah Bridge at the back. I remember, right? And it's stuck in my head. You use the color so well. They're like. Absolutely perfect. That's exactly Calcutta. You, that's that's. Um, I think that for me was the start. It's actually the establisher of the film. So it starts with a very long pan up and pan down. Sorry, to where the character lives. And oh. I, I started off with that because I was like, you know, I want to put as much of Calcutta into this shot, like into this, and try and capture everything. So once it's actually animated, you see a lot more of the city. Coming to it. Wow. Um, uh, what is the timeline? When is it out? When does it come when, out? Yeah. See now, this is very. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if this felt like an attack. I'm sorry if this felt like an attack. No, no, not at all. I think I need that push sometimes because you know things happen and then it's obviously been a year since I've looked at it. So now when I look at it, I'm like, oh, I could change five thousand things, you mm-hmm. know, and I just have to. Look at it and be like, no, you know what? I'm happy with this. I need to just keep moving forward mm-hmm. and keep developing it. So I'm at that point now. So obviously, production ended a couple of weeks ago for me. So mm. I'm still recovering from that and just soaking in. I had a short break, a week break, and now just starting onto a new project at this point of time. So between that, I had a week and I had such a blast. I I thought that I'm going to take a big break. I'm gonna do nothing. I'm just gonna lie in front of the television, and instead, I I just I bought color pencils. I bought books. Oh, I saw it. Yeah, color pencils. I saw something you posted two three days back, right? It was so beautiful. One character you did. Yeah, yeah. So I've just I I'll tell you, I have this wonderful and uh, actually maybe it's not a wonderful story, but it's in retrospect probably a wonderful story. Let's look at but it. But sketchbooks, right? Huh. So when I was in my, I think this was third year or 
fourth year, I can't remember. So I had a lot of sketchbooks. And at that point of time, we hadn't transitioned to the digital space mm-hmm. as yet, you know, mm-hmm. especially in India. And uh, I didn't really know how to use Photoshop as well. So I would pretty much just have sketchbook after sketchbook mm-hmm. and like use color pencils and inks and, and do, like put everything into that. Okay, book after book, maybe like five, mm-hmm. six sketchbooks filled up. And uh, one, um, so this happened in my third year. My parents moved to Chandigarh for a year, mm. for two years or something like that. And uh, so, you know, I love Chandigarh and everything, but I wanted to go back to Kolkata for the summer vacation. So I was a little bit upset that I was not getting to go see my friends. And you really that. love Calcutta, right? like going, wanting to go back for summers in Calcutta is a big deal. Probably I don't love Calcutta as much. Summers, yeah, I would be happily in Bangalore. Winter, yeah, I'll go. After pujas, during pujas, I'll go. You really love the city. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, so I'm like, I want to go. I want to, I, I absolutely have to take at least two weeks. So, Ma was like, okay, let's let's plan a trip. And, you know, mother-daughter trip and everything. And we mm. do all the things that we love. And we go very hard mm-hmm. to shop. And, you know, we eat like chicken roll and this and that. And I was aye, like, aye, just aye. building it up in my head. It's like amazing. And I got back all my sketchbooks for some reason that semester. Mm. And uh, left it in the cupboard. And uh, dad was going to be at home. But dad was obviously not entering my room. If, like, you know, no one was mm-hmm. there. So, so, I was in Kolkata. I came back. And... One day decided to start sketching again. So opened up this cupboard and there was just a pile of what looked like sand, dirt, mud, oh, something. Shit. Okay. And in that I could see there was this really, this book was so dear to me. It was a book that my mom had uh, given me that she had when she was younger. I think it was wow. like a, uh, you know, collection of short stories or something mm-hmm. like that by illustrations by, I still remember Sally Scott I think and really beautiful illustrations black and white illustrations and um, I could see a little bit of that cover okay oh. and and I my fingers went pinched that and tried to pull it out because I was like <laughs> obviously under this big pile of dirt are my books huh. only to realize it was just termite poop basically Oh shit! All of the termites had just yeah eaten through all of my books, all of it. They hate art. They hate good art. What is this? Yeah, it felt like such a it's such a personal attack at that point of time because imagine was this in Calcutta or Chandigarh? No, this is in Chandigarh. This is after Ah, we came back. Because Calcutta, the termites would be more cultured, right? (laughs) It's such a bad joke. Oh my God. But we would have had an eye, you know, I feel like we would have definitely had an eye, but because there was no one at home and dad was obviously not looking into that cupboard at all. Like, why would he, you know, it wasn't. So then to come back, I was completely heartbroken. There were so many books that I lost in that. I think I lost all of my sketchbooks up until that point in that. And, uh, but it was such a valuable lesson to me because up until that point, I think, you know, a lot of people had told me, you shouldn't be attached to your work as much and, you know, oh. you should have some distance and all of that. And I wow. never understood it. Okay. I was just like, what why what are people saying? Why are they saying that? And that was just <laughs> I learned that so quickly and in such a tragic way. Yeah, but, nature um, taught that to you. It was almost like nature teaching you not to be too attached. Yeah. Wow. Hey, I love this, the way you 
put a like nice positive spin to the story because I, I was gonna say ki how are you calling this a fun story it was it was not fun. <laughs> let me just reiterate this was not fun but wow lovely way to put a positive spin to this yeah really think, that's I think you know it's what you make of situations like that often that you know you can you can sort of it's it's not like I didn't feel bad it felt pretty bad about yeah. that happening you know but I think when you look at it and you get to a point also where you've grown from it, right? So you re- you you realize, I think when you're starting off and you're drawing things, you're so much more attached to your work because you don't know if you can replicate it. You know, oh, that's a good point. I think there's a fear, at least for me, like, you know, that's, that's everyone is different. Like how, and I was like, I put so many hours into this shop, and I'm like, who am I going to tell that I did all of this to? Who's going to believe me, right, at the end of the yeah. day? But, um, but I think as you grow and as your experience grows and as you draw more and overcome so many of those obstacles and challenges, you get to a point where you're not, you don't feel mm-hmm. that kind of attachment to your work, you know, because you know that, okay, tomorrow, if, and now, of course, we've entered the whole digital phase and it's, it's so much you know, you can have backups and backups and that's backups true. everywhere. So that's changed a lot. But that was a really good lesson. And I think it really taught me to stay a bit, like have some distance from my work, you know. It makes sense now. It Weirdly, it should not, but it makes sense that after a while you move away from your creation. And it's, it's, a, it's a feeling that I'm still... Uh, digesting it's a feeling that i'm still trying to process as an artist but yeah i i, I know this is happening i know i'm going towards that as well i i know what you're talking about i guess i think that's it's it's a very natural thing you know like today if you look at some of it just think about it this way if you look at things that you drew when you were 10 you're not going to feel mm. super attached to that now true, you know true, 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 so true. it's all it's the, the Ravindra thakur portraits i was making as a bengali <laughs> I don't even know where I, where they or are. Or imitating Jamini Roy paintings. Imitating Jamini Roy paintings. Yes, there you go. Oh my god. Yeah, this is this is a good point. Let me let me now let me move towards the other side. So I want to know a couple of things from you. So when you were growing up, because I'm trying to understand like the little Labonno dressed up in her school uniform, getting off at Exide, going walking to her school. I don't know if that was the route you took, but uh, pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, right. So there you go. So I kind of caught it anyway. So you're probably walking and Kamak Street where you're going towards your school and everything under the flyover, right? And uh, so uh, were you a kid who also went to art classes like most of the Bengali kids? Was that a thing with you? No, surprisingly not. So I don't know why exactly it didn't happen, to be very mm-hmm. honest. But uh, my mom's best friend, she, <laughs> she she definitely wanted me to tutor her daughter. So Oh, <laughs> Oh. I didn't know what I was drawing, but I was obviously that one lone kid in that society that drew, right? <laughs> and um, she thought that I would be a great influence on on uh, her daughter and I should spend more time trying to teach her how to draw. And it was a lot of fun because we were just drawing whatever we wanted to be honest. There was no classes or anything like that. But uh, but no, I didn't end up taking any formal classes. That, and that's also probably because I didn't look at it as something you know, that I would want to pursue. And I think my parents are also like, you know, she's enjoying it. Let's not make it structural for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons was because, um, so I, I, my mother really wanted me to sing. Okay. As a mm. So obviously growing up in Kolkata, so I have right. to pick up one of the arts, like some performing right. art, right? Correct. So 
dance was and i was this really uh, scrawny bespectacled big eyed kid okay mm. so my mom had somehow ruled out that i have to fall down a lot okay it's a trip over my own feet and fall so you know i'm dancing she's like this is going to happen so let's try singing you have to sit in one place and you pretty much just have to sit and perform from there so right. she enrolled me into music school and <clears throat> i i didn't want to do it okay i absolutely didn't want to do it i wanted to sing but i wanted to sing on my own terms you know not have someone have to teach me and then follow it and repeat it and i was also very shy so i was intimidated to being surrounded by other kids you know who i thought that okay maybe they make fun of me if i don't sing well enough or something like that and that's exactly what happened i went to school they made fun of me but not because of my singing but because of my glasses and because of how tiny i was <laughs> i think they thought they were being really endearing but to me i was just like this is awful i think it was like so i was very small though okay i must have wow. been 6 or 7 years old because that's when you start right you start correct yeah okay so i was just like, crying profusely it's like i'm never going back i don't like i don't like anybody there they don't like me and uh, it's really sad so i think my mom saw me <laughs> completely not want that with such resistance that she was like okay you know what classes may not be her forte let's right. not push her into that so i think that could have also definitely informed Applied the to decision the to not put me into drawing mm. yeah because but that was that like that a... i really enjoyed without being pushed But yeah. what was that like a Robindu Shongit class or something? That yes. uh, music. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! You're gonna be that kid like singing "Fule Fule Dhole." Oh my oh. God! I did also, by the way. Yeah, and I was also learning how to play the harmonium at that point of time. Did, so, did you guys have a harmonium at home? Like, because I had like when yeah, I was doing my mom's harmonium. We only just gave it away, like ah. recently, because it had just taken up so much space. And then my, uh, it's it's within the family though, so someone ah, ah, we know ah. has it. Yeah, right. but, so um, right now my mashi has it. So yeah, not jumpa mashi. Yeah, you have to, no you have to absolutely like recycle that, right? Correct. It stays. I think the harmonium stays because this is the harmonium which my uh, grandmom's mom had in a way. So it kind yeah, of is yeah, like yeah. a legacy sort of a thing in the house now. That, that's it. Uh, but okay, so that was one thing which I wanted to know. Second thing which I wanted <laughs> to know was that uh, so NID. Okay, I want to kind of go back there. Uh, so see, you were sketching. You were uh, uh, throughout your childhood biology, bolo, like whatever. You were basically sketching. I'm sure you were great at map pointing too in geography. Because uh, I was great because I had a very visual memory. So I was like, ha, yeah, I can do it. I know where the rivers are. I know where the crops are, or whatever. And the match that entire all other subjects are a bit of a blur, to be very honest. So I don't remember if I was. I used to. I used to score only in that subject. Now that's why I remember. I used to score only in that subject. Like the other chemistry and all, I was like, "Oh, now." But anyway, so coming back, so uh, yeah. see, you you sketching and you probably uh, learnt on your own pretty much, right? So you learnt on your own and you're doing that. So when you went to NID, NID being the first time, I'm guessing where you were. trained in art like you are getting feedback you are probably getting some instructions based on art not not of course like your school ka art teacher which i'm guessing would have been a slightly different experience from nid right uh, yeah <laughs> so uh, so the question is how did nid change your i don't want to say art style but the way you are looking at art and i'm strictly talking from the skill the craft okay uh, more than anything else so how did that impact not influences yeah 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 uh, right okay so 
the big part of that though is definitely the influences you know i think mm. what happens when you when you're there and your sort of entire focus is to develop that craft and to develop that um you know your foundations in certain things you're exposed to a lot during that point of time mm. you know you're exposed to different kinds of cinema you're exposed to different types of styles and treatments you're exposed to different departments you know you might walk into uh the textile department and be inspired to do a stop motion for instance mm-hmm. you know and try and figure your way around that so i think that i would say it's not the point where i developed a certain style or something like that but i definitely started developing skills so we had a lot more structure a lot of people who i knew had a lot of people like me who had just you know sort of walked into this had been drawing but hadn't had any sort of direction uh and then there were a lot of people who had who knew you know from an earlier point in their lives that they wanted to become you know pursue, pursue the arts and pursue a career in the arts so that i think is really beautiful because then you've got different kinds of perspectives within your own batch mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and yeah. because everyone is coming from different walks of life and different influences you see different styles within their work and whether or not you like it at that point of time is so impressionable you are picking things up from each other you know mm-hmm. at that point of time so i think that was really beautiful the other thing is obviously having that time and i really miss that because when you when you are in school you have dedicated time towards developing your craft right right versus when you're you know out there in the industry and working professionally you're literally going from job to job sometimes there's an overlap sometimes you have a week off but that week off is probably for you to unwind correct and you're not really using that time to develop it and then it becomes like okay it has to be an ongoing process you have to somehow make the time while you're still doing other things mm-hmm. which is hard you know actually your entire focus is to just get better is amazing and i i miss that immense you know sometimes i think oh god can i like just take 6 months off and just like develop my skills and you know i know i know that but so hard because life happens you know you have to pay bills i i want to do that i really want to do that i think and i was telling you, know, you this before you have before the recording yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. i i would love to yeah. do that where i can just focus for 3 4 5 months or whatever it takes and and i know for a fact i am at a position in life where i can manage that from my corporate career and make sure that you know i get let's say a, a, a 6 months gap or a 5 months gap or whatever right and then probably mm-hmm. resume it from where i left uh I would love to do that because I I know how much that will impact my craft, my skills. I know how much that will uh, that dedicated time where I'm only focusing on that. That I want to do. I really want to do sometimes. That is that is very true, and I think being in that physical space, you know, I know that there's a lot of uh, lessons and courses that are available now online. You can take a prolific. Correct. stuff you know there's just fantastic stuff available but there's a huge at least for me i feel like there's a huge difference between being in the same physical space and you know kind of vibing that energy Absorbing, amongst other yeah, people yeah. Who, yeah you know and and talking about the, the beautiful the beautiful thing about that is just that everyone comes with such diverse opinions on things you know mm-hmm. and that sort of makes you think and question things and those those are things that eventually sort of lead to you developing your niche and finding your place and your style you know you i feel like you need to be in that environment it's very hard to mimic that environment when you're at home I and agree. you're in front of a screen you know I um i sometimes feel like when you have the camera and we we face the some production for instance right we we were a team of 10 11 of us on design and fantastic team all right like just amazing amazing artists and amazing people Um, but I missed so much that feeling of like getting to know who these 
you know each each artist was as a person in real life you know right. like being able to go have a coffee together or just right. go have lunch together and and not being able to experience that you do miss something you know there's an energy that that is missing there you know and then a lot of the camera conversations are pretty centered on okay feedback you know this is what this is our agenda we have to get this yes. done and then on to the yes. next call yes so that's hard so there's some some bits of that organic flow that happens when you're in the same physical space and in a space of learning that mm-hmm. i think it's very hard to mimic that at most virtually. other points you know in most other ways yeah virtually agreed. Yeah. absolutely agreed absolutely agreed so okay so you know what i uh, wouldn't want to take any more of your time because i've already eaten up so much of your evening <laughs> afternoon evening yeah right that's fine time. absolutely fine by the way i'm enjoying this so much I'm glad. I'm. I'm really so happy. I'm really so happy. So you know, I. I want to. I wanted to talk to you about this one thing also, uh, Labonodi, uh, which is that. Uh, so I have. You are one of the artists. So I. I of course because I'm trying to expose myself to a lot of different art styles and artists and so on and so forth. I of course follow a lot of people. I. I consciously notice a lot of other people's artwork. your one in particular stands out because when i look at your work from project to project if nothing else so if i go to your behance today and i just look at your different uh, projects that you have done and which are over there one thing that automatically comes up is are this lady doesn't have a style as in when i say that this lady does not have a very chotu sa box a tiny little box where she is like okay i'm only sketching stuff like this okay the only way i let's say something as simple as the only way i know how to draw humans is in this one way or the only way i know how to draw eyes is this in one way right that one horse town sort of a thing which is good bad again i'm not going into that conversation i notice that you vary your style so much you vary your way of doing anatomy bolo eyes bolo kuch bhi you you change it so much and of course there is a common one common thread that i find is your cho- choice of warm colors i i see constantly that I, i don't think i've ever seen you use even colder colors in terms of temperature for your own work i'm not talking about other uh, production work of course uh, yeah. i think the closest i've seen you going to a cooler color palette is razia learns to swim that book and oh, that's because there were so many uh, so much of water in that right so you had no other option but to go for blues so so uh, uh, tell me this uh, is it a conscious choice uh, that you decide not to fit into a box when it comes to your way of doing things you know i think that's such a good question and that's so good that you actually pointed that out because it is absolutely true i think uh, for me i I feel like I'm constantly learning, you know, and I I know that there are different schools of thought, and I respect and I think that there's wonderful examples on both sides, you know, developing the style and being able to work within that and creating a niche where people are able to recognize your work for it. I think there's several benefits to that, yeah. and you truly get really good at doing the things that you do, you know, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Uh, but for me, one, I think it's because of the person that I am. I'm restless, you know. I can't stick to one thing. I feel like I need to try things. I need to, and I enjoy giving myself, you know, challenges and being like, you know, what if you were to do this in this way? Or, you know, if I look at, if I think of something, I'm thinking of a mood or an ambience, which is why, again, we come to the color palettes as well, mm-hmm. because a lot of my work is based on human connection, nostalgia. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of that. There's a lot, and a lot of dogs also. A lot of dogs also. And now I know why. Now throw I dogs know. into every if I could, and that's literally the second thing I think of after drawing the character. <laughs> Where should I fit in the dog? 
<laughs> actually got criticism from my dad. He was just like, where are all the cats? I don't see oh. any cats. <laughs> so I said, okay, cool. I must draw more cats. Um, but yeah, I think and dinosaurs, that right? And dinosaurs. So, so I don't know if you can see it, but I actually have, that's one of the shells. And you can see they're all. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. You're really dinosaurs. fascinated by them. Did you place that clock in a very like uh, symbolic way over there with the dinosaurs that like time chala gaya or something of that sort? Yeah. I, don't think I know, so I know. I, I saw that. I'm like, okay. So for the listeners, I know you can't see. So behind her, there is this one huge uh, uh, shelf which is full of dinosaur figures, and then there is this humongous alarm clock over there. Like humongous, okay. And all the dinosaurs are walking towards that clock, and I cannot help but notice a very symbolic sort of a thing, storytelling happening there. I don't know. That's actually very poetic and I'm definitely going to use that from now on. So thank you for that. Please, go, go. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy I could give you this. Oh my God, that alarm clock. I don't know that we bought that at a win. You know, um, my oh. partner and I decided to bring that on a win and we didn't realize that the alarm was set for a particular time. So it rang in the middle of the night. <laughs> and it was the most terrifying alarm. We actually thought something had caught fire. Okay. Um and then ran like we were running around the entire house like, trying to figure out where it was coming from. Only to realize, <laughs> sitting there on the shelf and bringing away. Oh my god, it's pretty hilarious. But sorry, okay, coming back yeah. to dogs what and we were dinosaurs about. and uh, yeah, how you approach. Yeah, yeah. So I think for me, that's one of the things that I find to be fascinating. And as an animator, you know, you're you're pretty much inclined to being able to slip into the shoes of whatever production you're working on. Mm-hmm. So if, for instance, I'm drawing one character today that has a specific personality and a specific way of moving and animating that today, I have to be able to animate it with the same you know, proficiency or efficiency that I would a character that looks completely different from it. Correct. And I think that makes you sort of be able to... Uh, over time, develop that, you know, being able to switch into different styles and different looks of things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's definitely one of the influences. But for me personally, I really love putting myself, you know, into a space where I'm like, you know, I don't know how to draw this. And I I, I think this is a challenge and I want to get better at it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was younger, I used to be terrified of it. It's like, okay, <laughs> I don't know how to draw this. I'm not going to draw it. Um, but I think as I've grown older and I've grown more curious and, you know, I want to know more about more things, I feel like I, I want to understand, you know, I want to be able to grasp certain things and I find that interesting. So I feel like if I, if I try to say, if I do a certain way and I do certain things, I feel like I would somehow be cutting off a world of other things, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think by nature, I don't want to do that. I just Mm. want to have, you know, to be able to draw things in different ways and be able to, like my mood will possibly sometimes also influence that, you know, when I, when I pick up my color pencils, for instance, I I really want to draw a certain type of thing, you know, and you'll see it with the color pencils as well. You know, there's a, it's very children's book illustration Uh style. You know, but uh, when I'm working with digital art, um, something changes, you know, and I like that. Like, I like just not overthinking it and just doing that and seeing whether you're able to learning something from that piece that you possibly didn't know before. You know, it could be something mm-hmm. really small, like the way I drew a hand or it could be something as small as like, how do you how can you work with transparency 
in a way that's fun or whimsical or something mm-hmm. like that. Go and try something. So I like I, I personally like all schools of thought, but this is the one thing that I feel like I don't know if I would ever really want to fall into a particular a style. And right. it possibly okay. also comes from like doing kids' books and doing animation alongside, you know. Um and just getting into each book, trying something new and then animating mm-hmm. something completely different. And it was always happening at the same time. So I think that's been an influence. But you're right in saying that colors definitely play a part in connecting these things. And warm colors, I use a lot of warm colors. I do try to use warm colors sometimes, like when the mood defines it. Right. You know, if it's if it's something, there's one, I think there's one of the two girls who is swimming and there's these ghost fish. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that one. Razia? But... No, no, this is... Uh, uh, so wait, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, Ghostfish, uh, it's on your behinds. Yes, yeah. I remember. Yeah, and it's yeah, a very yeah. co- cold one. Yeah. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. That's a very cool palette. So and there like, are two girls, I, have... I think, right? Pointing yes. at each yeah. other and there's this huge fish. I, I remember. There's that. a big fish and yeah, there's one of them leaning against it and the other one is sort of reaching uh-huh. out. And I had a very weird dream and I was like, oh my God. And the dream was just like really nice and very, I don't remember what was happening, but I remember the visual and I was like, I want to be able to put this down on paper. And for instance, that was a cool palette but mm-hmm. I think when I'm drawing a lot of my personal work I'm trying to um, a lot of the themes are human connection sentiment and there's a certain warmth in that there's nostalgia so I feel like automatically my brain is thinking of those things but even within that I try to vary it as much, much as possible so that when you like half close your eyes and you look at it it's not all the same mm-hmm. you know there are still variants between right each of those palettes and and sometimes it's challenging like I like being able to like when I know that I'm I'm really fond of a palette at that point of time and I've really you know attached myself to it and I'm like all of a sudden everything I draw is of that palette and then I have to take a step back and be like okay you know, I have exactly had that right now. There is this one palette. <laughs> I picked it up for a book that I was doing. And I'm yeah. so much in love with that palette. <laughs> Everything I'm doing is in that same palette. I I exactly know what you're talking about. And I think, yeah, you're right. You know, when I choose that palette, so I use Procreate, right? So when I go and go to that palette and I set it at, def- at default, like my default palette, I sometimes question should I be doing that why don't I try something but I think I've become so comfortable using that and for the last two months I've been using only that palette because I've been working on that book uh, I think it's it's high time I I choose a different one I think it's high time how do you select your palettes by the way um I think how do I select my palettes I think I try to keep depending on the scene I think it depends a lot on the scene and the mood that it's trying to convey Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think lighting plays a very big part in like the way that I choose colors, I would say, and to try and see that if I am using very strong sources of light, you know, like a patch mm-hmm. of sunlight or something like that, I want to work with colors that will really enhance that, you know, mm-hmm. that will really bring some of those brighter tones because light and color are pretty much, you know, the same thing. They work mm-hmm. together. Like, um, so it's trying to figure some of that and like shadows and, you know, I generally will go with cooler colors for that, you know, mm-hmm. to, to try and define so that there's some kind of contrast. You don't want to end up having a palette, sort of like complementary colors, like opposing colors mm-hmm, on the color, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not mm-hmm. conscious. I don't think it's really conscious. Sometimes you just have to work with it and see what works. Sometimes you might, you know, you might know all of the technical sides of things, but there's something that's really beautiful in just not being completely conscious of that as well. 
and seeing what comes out of it you know if you want to do something that's different right. um so i think i usually go with something that looks good to my eye you know i don't know something my phone works to someone else you know it might not be as great or how i think like sometimes that happens i'll be like oh i think i i really i i did something here that i've not done before and then i feel like <laughs> i don't think i don't think anyone realize you know, those those small things that you feel like you did you huh. but yeah but no one has noticed you know that that has happened but right. i think it's good to embrace some of those little you know those little victories that you have in your own personal style without really needing that sense of like i guess validation or sense of um oh yeah this is this is a really great that it's fine like you you did it all you know so that's fine that's great that is so that is so sweet that is really so sweet that is really so sweet okay so you know what i'll i'll probably take this conversation towards the end uh, we've been talking for a long while and i would love to continue this but you know uh, i'm also thinking about the listener because poor whoever you are you have been listening to us for a long time now and thank you so much for that so coming back oh, yeah. yeah so coming back to your love of the tea you know um when you are because throughout the conversation you one thing which i constantly got from you is that you love to improve that's like improving is uh, learning something is always like glass i won't say half yeah glass half full which means that half of the glass is still empty and you can still fill it with something is where you are always looking at right so uh, what do you do on a so what would be your tips let's say for uh, somebody who's starting out somebody who's just into art or just just loves art for that matter how do they improve every day and i'm also asking this for myself so yeah so uh, how do you improve great question and i think a very loaded question as well because mm. uh, there's obviously different ways to approach this right everyone has a different style a different set of um you know uh, where they want to go as well like a different set of goals what one artist might want to improve in another artist might not be looking at that right. so i think the one thing is to be able to somehow find where you want to go you know what is it that who are those artists who you feel like deeply influences you and try and identify what are those things within their styles or within their work that really grip you you know it could be lighting color it could be the drawing itself it could be the mood that they create and then think about inspirations within your own experience that actually influence that mm-hmm. you know um that would be possibly one thing for sure practices i feel like one of the hardest things to do for all of us as artists because it you know we are constantly vulnerable constant right you know, we're putting out our work and we're of like course. here i'm here sharing all of this please watch and you know now oh. that we have a comment section people are like freely commenting on things and not necessarily always putting it out there for that but it right. happens it happens right? yeah. and it's a very scary thing also even after all these mm-hmm. years yeah yeah because you you feel vulnerable what i usually do is i post something and then i just completely go off social media <laughs> for, for a day and i'm like you know what i put it out there i need to have some distance i'll come back to it and and then pick it you know um but i think the good thing when you're when you're first starting out is to one identify what's the direction that you're going for you know you could be a comic artist and a comic artist style would be extremely different from something that i do for instance mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so then you might not need some of the things you know that you might need 
to acquire a style like mine, perhaps. So it would be to try and identify that and then work within that. You know, we live in a really beautiful space right now where there's a lot of different kinds of art that coexist mm. and coexist very beautifully. You know, there isn't, we'll always have people who are more traditional. We also have people who are more, who like variety or have a particular style. You'll always have, mm. have all of that variety. And that's what makes it beautiful. You know, that's what, makes this a space that you really want to be a part of and feel inspired like when i look at stuff i usually end up looking at stuff that doesn't look anything like mine sometimes you know because it's wonderful to see that right um so i would say yes identifying what the direction that you want to go to uh and trying to see what it might require to get to that point you know um and building towards that second is practice like you know for me i want to develop a lot of different areas like getting better at um, color and light and you know just drawing things and trying things that I've never drawn before you know attempting to do big machines and cars and all of that stuff yeah like the, the um, train you did the other day like the train station that was you a big not, like, for me as well yeah it looks like the Hogwarts Express somehow I don't know if that was inspired mm, yeah that was I know it wasn't I think it's was a very subconscious thing but I think uh -huh, it's the it colors like, as well the colors yeah. Yeah, yeah and a lot of people pointed that out and I was like oh my god yes but it's obviously it lives in my brain somewhere, right? So it's oh. just come out the minute I had to draw that. It immediately, I think, took those colors. Um, but yeah, it's for, for me, those would be the challenges. But yeah, I think for any artist, you know, if you're looking to improve a certain type or if you're looking to improve, if you're going into kids' books, have a look at a heap of kids' books, you know, read mm -hmm. all of that and see what's the kind of, there isn't one style. There's so many different styles that are Correct. celebrated today, you know, and accepted. And that's wonderful. You know, when, when I first started, there were very particular ways, yes. very particular expectations. And that's, that range has just grown so much. So I would say practice, you know, in whatever form, but practice with direction. Don't just draw mm -hmm. um, for the sake of drawing, you know, um, draw to improve. So that's such a, that's such a vague thing to say, but that would mean try and identify things that, you know, there's a lot of resource, good resource out there on YouTube and books, etc., that you can use as guides to be able to try and identify certain things that you want to get better at. Like things have to have some structure before you can actually just break it apart and do whatever you want with it. At least that's where I'm coming from. It, it absolutely is not necessary that everyone has to follow the same path at all. Um, but if, if you're moving towards the more traditional route, then maybe that might help, mm -hmm. you know, a lot more. But practicing, I think there's just no other way, you know, because our brains are like, they're muscles pretty much, you know. So if you're not exercising that, then Correct. how does that, you know, it's just logical Correct. in that and, sense. And the whole idea of practicing with a direction is very important because, see, you can actually take that very same thing and apply it to other places as well. Let's say you are going to the gym let's say right so you go to the gym and you just randomly do whatever you feel like whatever okay, exactly. so in that case you are not building towards something you're just basically i don't know depleting your energy that's pretty much and probably hurting your muscles in that way but I, by the way i did mine like uh, my muscle while i was working out the other day because exactly i was doing exactly that i was like ha, nice weights let's do it macho but yeah. uh, you're right like when you are let's say, even go to the gym uh, you should know what you're trying to look at in the future and work towards that and, and be very meticulous and structured about that absolutely correct is and why not in art just because art is creative and you know what just because you can do whatever you feel like 
there's but no but that's also fine i think also that fine. But see, there's fine. a difference. Like, you, like you said, there are two different kind of people, right? So there would be one person who is like, yeah, I am sketching because I like to sketch. For them, you do whatever you want. That's going to be make you happy. But then there are also set of people who are like, you know what? I want to reach at a certain level, and for them, they need that structure, like you mentioned, which is absolutely has to happen. That that's I think that's great advice. That's absolutely great advice. You know, one one more question: uh, Have you ever painted your school's wall? Because I remember whenever I used to go towards your school for work, bahar wall me there would be these uh, environmental paintings, save the world, plastic. Oh my god! Have you ever done that? I think no, we didn't. I don't remember actually. It was it's the back. It's the back. with all of my batchmates like everyone from pg and ug wow. in our canteen like our mess canteen we had a big empty wall and we did paint that all of us together so that that experience i remember that was a lot of fun life must be so much fun in nid dude that should have gone there dude hat yaar but okay. okay no i don't think of it like that you know i think we live in like a my god the kind of access that we have today uh honestly mm-hmm. like you can There are so many resources and so much. So but you don't dwell on. But the environment. Yeah. You only said now while ago the environment of being around those people physically and absorbing those vibes. That is what I miss, right? And that's where I think that was also the reason why I started this podcast last year because I was like, I need to talk to people like I'm doing with you, and I'm so happy I got to do this because I'm like ending this probably with this conversation on. on such a high note and i know so many things and i'm so inspired all over right so that's that's there for sure my one last question to you lavonudi after that we'll definitely close this yeah, which yeah, is going to be a very loaded question again which is uh, which uh, again a new question i've started asking my audience here which is uh, what has art taught you <laughs> so loaded um question um I think the biggest thing would be to be um vulnerable you know and be mm-hmm. okay with it you know um to right. not I think there is this idea and I'm not saying everyone believes it but there is this idea that you know artists are sensitive and we you know we get touchy about certain things and all of that but I think it's it's such a strength to have to just be vulnerable, and it's such a hard thing to do. I don't think it's as easy as sometimes people might think, you know. And um, uh, as an artist, I definitely uh, I value being able to be vulnerable so much because you become so observant of the world around you and people around you, and yeah. you know. Other people's vulnerabilities also mm-hmm, become mm-hmm. very apparent to you, and it makes you more compassionate as a person. You know, at the end of the day, nice. you you learn to have more empathy, and why not? That's amazing. I think that's everyone should try it. <laughs> that's everyone should try it. That's a beautiful art. way to put it. That's such a beautiful way to put it. But. Great, great uh, note to end this conversation on that uh, note, Lavaniri. Uh, you know, thank you so much for doing this. I know we this episode is going to be a long one after such a long time, and I have enjoyed this conversation 
so 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 much so thank you so much for doing this and and i can't wait to meet you and uh, you know take you to all the roll shops and shingara and the fuchka shops oh back God, in calcutta it's going to be so much fun yes i'll bring you to my para for the fuchka wala and because every para has this one fuch- legendary yeah, fuchka yeah, wala right so yeah, yeah, yeah. so so we must uh, yeah we must we must explore and like you said be vulnerable to and open to different styles of fuchkas uh yes. <laughs> that even makes <laughs> sense but thank you so much lavani this was um, an absolute like i'll i'll treasure this conversation i'll treasure this episode for like the long i know i will listen to this episode so many times so thank you so much for this opportunity i really enjoyed this thank you so much for having me i haven't i've missed having like a good you know adda session after like adda yeah after a really really long time so yes. i really really appreciate this um, thank you thank you so much for doing what you do i love the fact that you you know gathered this is such an amazing resource i feel like i've been listening to your podcast this whole these few weeks and just listening to each person and trying to go through, go through with them not not that close through the list but it's been amazing it's so wonderful to hear other people's journeys and you know keep doing what you do that's incredible thank and you and despite Annie. everything you're still learning everything and you're still drawing that's insane i'm like literally drawing and like mm, how do i do other things in my life how do i balance other things Come on, please, so huh? please. how many how many books have you done you khub bolche khub kotha bolche how many books have you done how many it's a if you if you like if you're considering covers and oh, all together covers and yeah interior It's close to about six books. Maybe. Wait, five zero? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Five zero? I mean, a lot of the earlier books, though. It's not like I. I don't think I was even credited for a lot of that stuff. You know, the early days. Fifteen. Bap re bap re bap. wow no wonder you are so good like no wonder oh. you are so good you could have so much of practice man you know what i uh, maybe the next order will be with a cup of chai uh, chai na cha sorry with a cup of cha if you are a cha person uh, in i am absolutely 100% a cha person by the way and this is i am probably such a shame to my family because my my mother side of the family is into the coffee business oh <laughs> So I am a true like tea drinker. I love all tea and especially lebu cha. So lebu cha. I'm always up for yeah. Done. Always Done. up for cha. Yes. So the next adda <laughs> would be there. I don't know if we'll be recording it though, but yeah, let's let's just have the adda whenever you come into Calcutta. Hoping to meet you soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. So that was uh, Labonnodi, my one of my favorite illustrators. I'm really hoping that you will enjoy the conversation as much as I did. I'll of course post all her uh, the links to her artwork in the show notes. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, what are you doing? You need to see her artwork. It's so amazing. It's so great. And uh, yeah, uh, uh, do tell the others about this episode if you enjoy it. And I'll see you again next week with another guest. Till then, cheers.